You're listening to Brett on the skateboarding show. Your mother won't like it. Hello, I'm Nick Powley, um, owner of Skate Pharmacy. And just remind us, where is Skate Pharmacy based? In Margate, in Kent, which is pretty much as far south and east as you can get. Wicked. You're near the coast, aren't you? You've got, like, you have water by you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I live right on the beach. The shop's about 10 minutes inland. Nice. 10 minutes walk, skate, drive? Uh, Drive. Okay. Okay, cool. And, I mean, obviously you are a skateboarder. Um, How long have you been skateboarding? Uh, So I started when I was just 15, and I'm 45 next month. Right. So, it's that 30 years, right? 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, I definitely, I've definitely, uh, the last few years have been very minimal skateboarding, but that's to do with A, injuries, B, opening the shop, and C, having a two year old daughter, well, nearly three year old daughter. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Bit of a combination, really. In other words, you had some other adult proper responsibilities yeah, f- to deal for with. The f- for the first time in my life, really. <laughs> kind of, like, yeah, kind of all come at once. I kind of dodged it until I got to about 40 and then everything hit me. It makes you realise how easy your life was before. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, I can. I could imagine. I could well imagine. Yeah. Um, so how long has the shop been... I mean... You and I have talked before, and if you've heard the radio show that I used to do, then you would have heard this our interviews, but people may not have, and so um, we're going to sort of approach this as if we've never talked, but it could get a bit weird, because obviously I've asked you these questions numerous times. Yeah, but I've got me. a ter- terrible memory, so I would have forgotten anyway, so I'll probably give a different answer. Brilliant, and things have grown and developed <laughs> and changed. So, so when did you open Skate Pharmacy, and what was the basis of uh, you opening that? It was pretty much three years ago from, I think, March, April, May. I'm not sure when we actually physically opened. Because it kind of happened, you know, we didn't have like a big opening day. It just sort of, we were open and then we were like, oh, yeah. it was weird. It was weird how it sort of happened. Like it, because it, it, we already had the premises. Right. Because I had an office there and a warehouse that we were like, oh, we're open a shop. So it was kind of like a, not a big deal to do it so it's it was a bit weird we didn't have like a proper opening or anything it was just like oh yeah we're open now um yeah three years is the answer to that yeah because correct me if i'm if i'm wrong but you were kind of already trading in skateboarding you were kind of already doing some bits and bobs here and there weren't you yeah i I started out sort of by accident like when i was working at vans like that job didn't pay full-time wage it was couldn't live off it but on the other hand it stopped you having a normal job right because you know hey you sort of always end up being on the phone at like one in the morning and to just but also being away like you wouldn't be able to get enough holiday off a regular job to do van's job as well and stuff like that so it's quite hard at first to be like well i've got this job but i don't earn 
enough money like it's a great job and i'm stoked but it's not enough money to live off so i sort of started doing events which was great in the summer i think i was doing some events before i got a van's job and i was selling i was doing the uk sales for cliche for a while as well and then um i sort of started it happened by chance i went to china to get some gear for myself i think i probably had my first back van's paycheck or something and i went in a warehouse and just like kid in a sweet shop went mental <laughs> uh, yeah i think I, sp- I spent something stupid like 800 quid on stuff and then because i don't know if you've ever been in the china warehouse but it's literally like well it's it, the old one it was it was huge and it's just like everything you ever wanted when you were 16 or whatever so i had a shopping trolley and i just came out with like you know 20 boards like i don't know like 20 30 t-shirts hats like wheels every, like everything then i got home and i was like oh, actually yeah a week later i'm probably never gonna wear that and so i started selling bits on ebay and i was sort of collecting i started sort of collecting the reissue boards when they first started doing those but sort of buy two sell one and that would pay for the one that i, I was keeping and right. it sort of developed from that so i had this ebay store which was i hated doing really but it um, kind of allowed me to do the events, and I did. I, it sort of I could do a lot of stuff for free around that time, you know, like help out with a lot of stuff and do all the UK Skateboard Association because I wasn't dependent on a sort of nine to five job. So, yeah, it sort of developed from that, really. I mean, crikey, we could probably talk infinitely about about uh, sort of trying to pay for your passion in a way and 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 those fine lines between it it, it remaining a passion and it suddenly becoming a job and and or the idea of having to work outside of the industry because because of how little money there is in the uk yeah i mean it's a lot better there's a lot of there are a lot of jobs now in skateboarding skateboarding related like you think how many distributors there are and shoe brands that sort of stuff like that. When I was younger, there was next to nothing. But mm. also, on the other hand, there's a lot of stuff where you don't really make a living and you've got to look out. You know, like if you want to be a skate filmer, you've, you've kind of got to look elsewhere for your income as well. You're not going to be able to live off that. Well, it still, it still surprises me, especially when you tell me that, you know, a company the size of Vans I mean, I can kind of see it from both points of view, because if there isn't enough work, then they kind of understandably, there will be an accountant somewhere saying, we can't afford to give somebody a full-time wage. Yeah, what you're saying. I mean, essentially, essentially, it wasn't a full-time job. I mean, my my original interview, they said, oh, we expect one day a week of your time. And I mean, I never did just one day a week. I was like, you know, I did way above and beyond what they paid me for already, but that's just in my nature. I kind of always do stuff the best I can so I wasn't thinking well I've done my one day's work this week I'm not going to phone that guy back or like I'm not going to sort that guy's shoes out so I'll just do it but then when you added up the hours you were spending per week doing it you know like it it added up to quite a lot but it wasn't like a 40 hour week you know but I'll probably spend an average like and not including sort of trips and stuff but I'll probably spend 
an average like 20 hours a week doing van stuff just it's just phone calls and emails and just the amount of messages you get about sending <laughs> product to comms and stuff like that. i mean it's all cool stuff but it just it just, just takes a lot of time to deal with it takes a lot of time to herd cats i've heard that yeah herding cats that, is, that should be on the team manager job description <laughs> must must be good at herding cats must have really high tolerance for people deliberately trying to wind you up <laughs> and must and must be must also have a high tolerance for every person and his mate going gives a free pair of trainers yeah that i mean that that's not as bad as you think it might be right it, it's more the people the people that know you never ask you know right. they wait to be offered and then you'll get the odd person who you know genuinely like, oh, I don't like to ask. You're like, man, you can ask me anytime you want. You know, like people that have done you a million favours. But the ones that are like, the worst ones, are, you know, you'll just randomly be in a pub or something and someone will go, oh, yeah, this guy works for fans. You're like, oh, can you get me and my girlfriend and my three kids like some shoes? And you're like, <laughs> no, mate, I can't. <laughs> no, what's your name again? Like, yeah. they're, they're the ones. And then they'll sort of, Almost like you're being a bit of a dick for not getting them shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what do you do then? And it's like, oh, mechanic. Cool. Can I bring my van in tomorrow for a free service? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. No. You know what I mean? Like, well, there I you go. People, yeah. You see, you see a weird side of people when you when they think you've got access to free stuff. You see the people that are just, you know, like my my thing with it is like, obviously, there's a few people that I know that I can get stuff off and ask for things. And I will literally never ask for them unless it's something that I'm really desperate for, you know what I mean? Like, that I really want. You know, it might be one thing every two years rather than just, oh, yeah, this guy can get me free clothes. I'll message him every month for, like, some free jeans. Yeah, or right. Some people just, I don't know, if it's free, they, like, think it's... Because it's not even, you know, someone, when I was working fans, if someone asked me for a pair of shoes... It was an effort for me to get them. Sure. You know, like, that's a, it sounds like, but when you're doing it, you know, like 10, 20 times a week, you have to message a person who orders them and then chase it out like 30 times because they don't do it. And then the person that's asked you for it is messaging you on Facebook or texting you at like one in the morning. Oh, did you order those shoes? It, just, it sort of wears you down after a while. Yeah, I can well imagine. You, you don't even realise, you don't even realise that it's kind of doing you in, but it is... But you also alluded there that um, you were doing some event organising as well. Yeah. With like UK Skateboard Association. So remind us of some of the stuff you did. Because I certainly remember coming to at least a couple of the UK champs that you organised. Yeah, it started, once again, that started by accident, the event stuff. So I used to have my own distribution business, like OG Distribution. And we we were kind of a bit early, really. We distributed a lot of European brands, um, and it kind of lasted about two years until I ran out of money. But yeah, that from that I sort of started doing little tours and little events to promote what we were doing. And then the first big one I did, I did a bowl comp in Penzance, right? Which is probably like fifteen years ago now, thinking about it, which is crazy. And uh, I did a few of those called, called Concrete Carnival. And that sort of went on for a few years. And then we'd always talked about 
doing a UK championship. So I did UK, I did about, I think we did five of those. I kind of stopped when the shop opened and I had my daughter because it was just, I had too much going on. And um, I've done UK mini ramp champs. I did loads of, there was a Mountain Dew series, like a sort of, like a kids comp series that I helped organise for them. I've done... I've done loads of stuff like people like Monster and Red Bull. I can't even remember, to be honest, most of the stuff I've done. I'd have to look back from my computer and see all the flyers. But, yeah, I've done a lot of events over the years. The best one I ever did, I'll tell you the best one I ever did, that death race at Blackpool. Right. That was hilarious. Have you ever seen that? No, no. well, I was I was going to mention one that I thought was pretty good. But tell us about the death race. and then, and then Death I'll... race, I can't even remember. It was when I, I think when I was living in Manchester. And um, I'd always wanted to do this thing where it's kind of like an obstacle course, like it's a knockout, but skateboarding. <laughs> and I think I mentioned it to Big Woody, and it, it was one I was like, yeah, we should definitely do this. And we, we basically set up this course, and it had like a tyre that swung. A, so you had to do a lap of the street course at Blackpool Skate Park. And um, it had a tyre that swung across and like took you out. And then on the last bit, everyone would boot footballs at you and stuff. And it was a race. And we, we put it on and I was just like, oh, I don't know if anyone's going to turn up. And around that time, it was kind of quite easy. Like there's a guy called Turv who was a team manager for all the Soltec brands. Right. So I think he chucked some money in from like S or someone. And um, we got an Xbox, I think, for first place because someone else I knew was doing some stuff for them. And it was quite easy to put together, but we were like, oh, is anyone going to turn up for this? And then everyone turned up and got, you know, there's quite a bit of beer flying around. And it, honestly, I, you know, when you can't laugh anymore, I was like, so painfully funny. <laughs> People would just, like, drop in, go flying across the ramp, and then just get whacked from the side with a tire, like, to the point where we're like, someone's going to end up in a hospital. They're, like, quite easily, and it's going to be one of my mates. And I think we did, like, I think we did three of them. But it was, the reason I started doing events, because I remember I'd get called into like, Red Bull and various places, and they go, oh, have you got any ideas? I go, yeah, I want to do this. And they go, no, nah, that's not cool. We're going to do, and it would always be, like they'd always want to do something that had always already sort of been done and just boring stuff and all that stuff that I thought was boring and I, I tried to get people to do this death race and now I was having it and years ago I tried to, I, I came up with this full thing to do um like a street course that was like a pinball machine right kind of thing and it was downhill so you didn't have to push and then as you hit up obstacles you'd get scores for the extra points for hitting all the obstacles so it'd be like two guys skating head to head and they'd light up as you like hit the blocks and all this stuff oh i really wanted to do that it would have been amazing i worked out the money to do it and stuff and it wasn't like mental but no one really wanted to do it i saw they did something similar in new zealand i think mountain dew or someone in, in new zealand did did a similar kind of thing like a few years later but yeah, that was frustrating to not that get that one done. But yeah, Death, Death Race was really good. And the other one that really, like, I remember was we, we had a um, one year at Ballmasters. We were staying in this hotel and it was basically condemned. And they were they let us build a mini ramp in the bar. And then we, we had, like, a pole dance party and a mini ramp jam. And, like, I was organising it. And it started out, every time you did a best trick, you had to do a shot of tequila. But I think Chris Oliver, Chris Oliver instigated it that 
then I had to do a shot of tequila as well. So I was basically drinking more tequila than anyone else. <laughs> and by the end of it, I couldn't hardly stand up. I couldn't hardly talk. That was pretty good. They, they probably did. If I had to, there's probably something that I've forgotten, but those two were pretty amazing. So you talked about you talked about laughing so hard that you can barely. Okay, that that. Like, you know when you can't catch your breath and you think you're gonna wet yourself, it was like that. Like you just can't laugh anymore. Without wanting to blow too much smoke up your ass, mate, that is usually how I end up any time I'm around you or you and a combination of you and Churchill or you and Abgood or yeah. you and a few other people and the events that you've been to that that you've put on that I've been to. So there was a couple of years of UK champs at the XC and just saw all yeah. sorts of shenanigans that got up to there. Both it's in... always good with it's always good when Ben and Mark are on the mic because they yeah. just start talking nonsense <laughs> and it's just like you're like, what on earth are they even talking about? And sometimes I'll have to go out of the room <laughs> to like get judge sheets or something, and I come back in and I'm like, well, how are they talking about like Nazis or something? <laughs> like, what's that got to do with like skateboard competition? But yeah, them. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Like Mark, Mark's a special one. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's brilliant. And then, and then to keep it, to get it, to take it a bit more skateboard orientated. I, 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 I remember with distinct, very fond memories that um, the Concrete Carnival where Eric Dressen was there, and that competition that yeah. went down that day. That, oh, that, that was, was good, wasn't it? That, yeah, was that was badass, good. man. That was like Ben Ramers and Rune Glyphberg. Yeah. Uh, and a few others in that final, and just that place went off. Yeah, that was, that was yeah, and it was cold that day as well, wasn't it? It was, it like, was cold and gnarly. Everyone went crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's always the same with those things. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I think the, the key to doing a skateboard event, like, just generally, is to, I, I always think, make it as stress-free for the people that are in it as right. possible. And, and you've, kind of got a total line between it not being a, like a shambles but also not being so strictly regulated that when something starts happening it's like oh no we got to stop now like I, I've there was one year at Boardmasters when we had a street company it was like really going off best trick and then the security just walked on and tried to shut the comp down and it's like no hang on come on give us another 10 minutes yeah. it's like, so we're you know the stuff we've been to, we'll always just go. Oh yeah, add five minutes to the final. And yeah, right. Just to because you can kind of tell, like, oh yeah, this guy, you know, Rob's gonna jump. Rob Smith's gonna jump off a roof in a minute, or like, oh, this guy's gonna land that. Yeah. So give it an extra couple of minutes because that's what people go away and remember that one big trick or that you know last nine minutes of a jam are always the best because everyone just goes mental. Yeah, right. Yeah. If you can sort of if you can sort of read that energy and like just kind of be a bit flexible, you'll always get you know, and Ben and Mark are really good at doing it. And the, the it you always get the best. You always walk away like because the worst thing you can do is either finish it too too early or kind of drag it on too long so that everyone's just knackered and falling off and then it kind of it's like air being let out of the balloon slowly. You kinda of wanna go out with a big bang and then everyone just you know, goes home like just buzzing hyped yeah 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 there's definitely such a thing as um a, a, a skate 30 seconds extra or a skate oh, yeah, five yeah. minutes longer you know we'll have five more skateboarding minutes for yeah, i think time. the yeah. longest i think we did a 20 minute final once and it was supposed to be like or 25 minutes and it was supposed to be a 10 minute jam 
It was just like everyone was just... Even one of the UK champs was like that. Well, I think it may be the first UK champs that called me because, I mean, when obviously when you're organising something like that, your main concern is are people going to turn up? Right. Yeah, you know, we, we, obviously with skateboarders, they're like, oh, UK championships, yeah, I'm not into that, or whatever. Like, So we thought we'd be dealing with a bit of that when I did it. And um, it was actually the opposite. Like, loads of people that I sort of spoke to on the slide would be like, yeah, of course I want to be UK champ, you know? Like, <laughs> who, who, who wouldn't want to be? It's, it's a really bad thing. It's going to be good. And then when we did it, a load of people turned out that we didn't expect, like, A, to enter, and B, a lot of industry guys turned up. And um, it was amazing, the first one. It's like, oh right, this this works, you know. Like people, people want this. Like, and they they were always, yeah, they're competitions, but they're always a good laugh. Like some of the after parties for them are pretty legendary as well. You're listening to the Skateboarding Show. Hey, it's Matt from Decimal Skate Shop in Sirencester. We're located in th- at Three Swan Yard. Uh, open seven days a week, ten, 10 till five thirty Monday to Saturday, and eleven till four on a Sunday. If you can't get to us to see us in the store, check us out at www.decimalstore.com uh, and always feel free to give us a call on 01285 656 Help support Skater Owned. It's important to keep everyone rolling. This is Jeremy Fox from Flip. Hey, this is Lance Mountain. Yes, hi, this is Ron Glifberg. This is Tom Penny and you're watching The Skateboarding Show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you talked... So you just mentioned there uh, and and brilliant thank you for giving me an in you just you may you mentioned there about this balance that you need to strike between obviously being organized enough so that there is actually an event going on because you know with no organization there's nothing going on there's it's it's a non-event there's nothing going on yeah uh, and then that that balance between being so organized that you kind of take the fun out of it uh, and and i'm what, what i'm getting at here is that part of the reason for talk there's a kind of twofold part to the next bit which is that i know you're involved in two different things that are going on at the moment you've got a comp coming up in hastings at the beginning of march and then you've yep. got this much bigger future vision going on of um the olympics i said it i said the word i said the word olympics i said it outright yeah what do you want to tackle first well let's that, get the olympics over with that, well i was going to say it's up to you you make your own choice for how you want to go with that yeah well i mean my my thing with the olympics is i don't necessarily well i don't think that skateboarding really belongs in the olympics like it's it was it's almost in you know inevitable whether it's now or 20 years time because of the popularity of the sport and the way that the Olympics runs, they want to attract younger, you know, they want to keep their audience. You can't imagine guys in their 20s are going to be watching curling and stuff. So it's from their point of view, it's kind of an obvious thing for the same reason they put in snowboarding and surfing and, and all this stuff. So, yeah, they've got to reflect popular sports. But I don't, as a skateboarder, I don't really think it belongs there. But like everything the same stuff that I've done in the past. It's like, it's going to happen. It's important that it's run by skateboarders and and people that are kind of that care about it, not just in the UK, like worldwide. Otherwise, it's going to end up in an absolute shambles. And that's when it will happen 
you know, worst case scenario that everyone sort of imagines. But if, if skateboarders are running it from the top down, you know, dealing direct with the Olympic Committee, then it's going to be, you know, probably maybe a bit cringy, but it's going to be as good as it can be as reason, within reason. And at the end of the day, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. For the guys that are going to get to go and get, you know, four years subsidised skateboarding and blah, 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 it's an opportunity for them. No one's going to be forced to do it. So if you're like, no, I just want to smoke weed and skate a park, my local park with my mates, it's not like you're going to get a bag over your head and dragged off to some <laughs> training, training centre. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's all it's all optional. If you don't want to watch it, you don't want to watch it. If you don't want to be in it, you don't have to be in it. But it's an opportunity for certain people to go in that direction and it'll just be like any other comp there, you know there will be probably a year sort of build up to it but it's, when you think about it it's no it's no real different to like x games or anything else and there only is yeah then they don't have a huge effect i think everyone thinks it spells the death of skateboarding and there's a lot of there's a lot of negatives to it, like a lot of brands that have had no interest in skateboarding might start trying to take an interest in it. There's a lot of positives that hopefully more skate parks will get built. There'll be more opportunities for stuff like skate coaching, people doing skateboarding in P at school, you know, things like that that will just help. So I'm kind of on the fence of overall whether it's a positive or negative thing, but is an inevitable thing i think i think i'm definitely with you in terms of that just objective observation of it that like being able to see the good points and the and the possibly not so good points and yeah i, I mean, mean there's definitely going to be bad points yeah yeah there's there's going to be some negative points from it but but i'm also with life, you that, with the idea that the that we are sometimes our own worst enemy and if we don't get involved in these things someone else will that's so, exactly so it. You know, if, you, if you're not getting, if skateboarders sort of don't stand up for themselves in some way, then you'll end up with the Roller Skating Federation or you know someone else running it, and that would be a lot worse. Yeah, you know? it's just it's just important that skateboarders control skateboarding, and that's I mean that goes back to why I started doing events a bit as well because. I was going to events that were being run by people that knew nothing about skateboarding, and, and it still happens a lot. And you're like, this ain't this ain't that hard, you know? If you if you'd been to some skate comps, you'd know the good ones and the bad ones, and you basically just duplicate that. Yes, yeah. it's, it's not difficult, but if it's you not, don't know, you don't know. It's not difficult. I mean, I I certainly remember going to the '96 champs in in Radlands in Northampton. Uh, yeah. However, I also remember that the, the context in which that competition happened was very different to the context of today. You know, not not everybody was Instagramming the the the, the trick they had just seen straight yeah. away. Not everybody was you know um, Facebooking that they had checked in, uh, and people people had to turn up because you either turned up and watched it, or you didn't get to see it. You know, it was very unlikely that there was going to be any video footage surfaced for a couple of months afterwards until somebody had got off their arse and mm. actually edited it and put it out. And then you'd have to go down to your local shop and buy the video of it. 
because for like 30 quid or something yeah, as well yeah. like well expensive like and, it, and it probably was cheaper just to go and watch it and actually get involved and the yeah. atmosphere was literally electric you could feel yeah. the energy and there are still some events like that today you know like like I mentioned that Concrete Carnival was one um, yeah I, th- I think it's a, I mean I, th- I would say what I would say and probably part the Olympics may may have something to do with it, but just generally skateboarding. I think skateboarders are losing their identity a bit right. in terms of, we used to kind of, I'm not saying everyone knew each other, but it was much smaller and tighter. And yeah. You had to make an effort to be a skateboarder back then. Yeah. Whereas now, most people got park in their town. You know, they go there, they'll, they'll skate for a bit, but they, they're not. You know, and they do it for like two or three years, and then they're on to the next thing. Kind of, uh, it doesn't of a... seem like there's so many lifers like as they used to be. Yeah, like, totally. People, because people dip in and dip out of it because it's in fashion. Oh, I've got a fresher sweatshirt. I might yeah. as well buy a skateboard. <clears throat> yeah, I get tons of kids come in my shop, and they're just like, they want a palace board, a thrasher yeah, hoodie, fresh... some weed yeah. socks. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, yeah, I'll see you again soon and you, you know you're never going to see them again because they're going to yeah. go out try and skate for a month realize they're going to get their supreme app dirty <laughs> I, I don't know they just like they they kind of they aspire to do it but when it actually comes to it it's probably because it's, it's, i mean it takes a long time to be good at skateboarding yeah, it, just right. seems like, it just seems like 90 percent of the people that try now uh, give up and I think that feeds into what I'm what I'm getting at, or what I'm about to say about like from those mid to mid to sort of uh, early to mid nineties and before, there was a lot more freaks and weirdos in skateboarding. That's kind of like that was the commonality between us. We were the freaky weirdo, slightly, you know, not extrovertly weird, but uh, just yeah, there it was is something weird, different. It? I mean, yeah, there was there wasn't school, the mainstream my kids. School, there was only. There was only a handful of skateboarders, and yeah. they definitely weren't the cool kids. You no. know, I mean, you definitely yeah. weren't going to get a hot girl off being a skateboarder. Absolutely Whereas not. Now, no. you know, like now, the way the sort of high street fashion industry works, they have all these sort of trend spotters and all that, and everyone just knows to sort of follow skateboarding. So that's why you get H and M ripping off Thrasher tops and all this stuff, and it's just become kind of blurred you know like there's there's all these kids that have skateboards but i wouldn't sort of define them as skateboarders sure definitely yeah and i I just think it comes because it comes to them easily now they can but it comes to them easily and they can and it therefore there's they don't have they don't have to work for it maybe like people of our generation did so maybe it means they don't they give it up easier yeah. And and also I think a lot of it this sounds a weird thing, but this is a personal theory, in that because there's too many skate parks. Right. Like so kids will skate their own local park with their ten mates, but then they soon get bored of that and they you know, don't a lot of guys do travel still, but a lot of people do travel, but I just think that that's probably having a lot of effect on it. If kids get skateboard, they go to their local park for a year and they're yeah, they're the best kid at the park, and then they're bored of it. Yeah, and, then, and they don't they go never and... really sort of make that step into like coming to events. And to be quite know. honest, even I've seen that and experienced, and I've sort of I've sort of expressed it verbally as well that like 
it's all well and cool that you're the best kid around here, but go go to a national event, go and push yourself, go and yeah. go and see what you've got compared to some some other guys from somewhere else. Like you're saying, yeah, you yeah. can't just we get out all the time when the shop like when Ryle comes to town or something, and some of the kids see him and they're like, "All oh, right, I no idea how good these guys are." Like, yeah. Yeah, like I always, I, I I don't have it anymore. But I used to have a link to Ben Norberg's sponsor me tape. Right. And um, when when kids used to message me, they, I mean Ben, like his sponsor me tape was good. Like, don't get me wrong, it wasn't amazing, but it was good. And um, when when kids used to message me, oh, I want to get sponsored. What do I do? And I just send them back and send send me a clip. But if it's not as good as this, don't bother. Right. Because they think, yeah, like, what is it with kids now? They're like, oh, sponsor me. Well, can you skate? No. <laughs> yeah. Like, Go well, away then. Yeah. Kind of. Go away and learn how to skateboard. Yeah. 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 Can you, can you skateboard? Can you skateboard? And will you still be skateboarding when it's not cool? Then we yeah, might. Well, I don't think it's ever not going to be cool now, Again, in a way. I yeah. think it's kind of, it's kind of crossed that line. Yeah. I don't know, it's, it's, it's a bit weird. Like, when I look, step back and look at it, the fact that you can go and have skateboard lessons now, and then there's loads of guys that are my age that are, like, that are, like, dads that have got their kids in skate lessons, and you're, like, you've got your kids down the skate park wearing, like, full pads and a helmet and stuff, and you were down the car park, like, underage drinking and <laughs> smoking weed and, like, skating a curb at their age. It seems yeah. like it's kind of, it's been sanitised a lot. I don't know. Not that I'm saying that's a wrong thing, but it's, it is, like, I guess that's why there's so many young guys that are so good. Because but, they're just, you know, straight into a skate park at, like, 12 years old, full pads, yeah, dropping on this vert ramp, like, you know, yeah. I mean? like, we were, like, just mucking around trying to work out how to do slappies at our local car park. <laughs> Yeah, and and with reference to that sort of core side of it, uh, and uh, and that sort of less um, sanitized version of it, what have you got coming up in Hastings in March? So I got asked. I, like I said, I stopped doing events just because my head wasn't really in the right place between sort of my daughter and trying to run my shop and everything else. So I, I kind of stopped. I always had the plan to like start again, but. Um, Obviously, in that time, like, I lost my job with Vans as well. So, that was kind of like, Vans bankrolled a few bits or, like, a large portion of the stuff as well. So, I was like, and the worst bit about doing events is getting the money together. Right. It's just, like, I don't enjoy that kind of thing. You know, you kind of, you go around all these companies and there's ones that you know can't really afford it, so you don't like to ask them. And then the ones that can afford it, you know they're going to say no because... They, I don't know, they go for things I want to spend their money on. It's a bit disheartening, really. And you're like, this is like the UK champs, come on. Yeah, right. Surely this is something worth supporting. And that, that kind of wears you down. But basically, the guys in Hastings via Niall Neeson, that used to be the editor of Kingpin, he he was sort of doing some stuff for them. And they, they've done a, obviously, it's the source in Hastings. So they're a really big online BMX seller. Right. And they'd done a BMX event, which if you if you look at the footage was insane. And they're like, we want to do something skate wise, but we don't really have the same knowledge. 
So Niall put them in touch with me and I went down for a meeting before the place had opened and said, yeah, I'll do it. And the original plan was to sort of do it at the end of next year, uh, end of last year, but it sort of got relocated to March. Um, and yeah, I ended up, I said, yeah, I'll do it. And like Monster, Monster got involved and they're flying Rune over to judge and Beckett's come in. And, you know, most, as far as I can tell, most of the best guys in the UK are coming. I think there was talk of a coach load of savages coming down from Scotland as well, which always makes it entertaining. Nice. Um, yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's like, it, it seems like there's not really been a lot going on in the last year or two. So, you know, you get your sort of, you get your NAS every year and stuff, but core events, there's not been loads. It's just, definitely seems a bit flat in the last year or so. So just in case anybody hasn't heard about it, give us the details. When when is it? And I mean, you've you've indicated uh, where it's at, but call me out. I'm sat on, I'm sat on a sofa in my pajamas. Oh, um, bless. Is it? Uh, it's eleventh of March, isn't it? Saturday, eleventh of March. Yeah. Yeah, Saturday, eleventh of March at the sort of skate park in Hastings, and it's from midday onwards. We're doing like an under 16s jam, masters. Girls, hopefully, assuming enough of them turn up, and then a sort of pro-sponsored um, main main event and best trick. And the, the best trick prize is a trip to that Hotel Blue in um, Greece with a pool in it. All right, yeah. Which is pretty amazing. And there's £2,000 prize money. And it's free to spectate and free to enter. Right. So, I mean, that's normally the work. That's normally what puts people off. I'm not paying a watch. But it's free. And if you haven't been to that skate park, it's incredible. And the other thing with it is just down the road from the outdoor one as well. The one the Hastings Park with a cradle. So you can come down, skate the outdoor concrete, come and watch the comp, and then there's an after party on Saturday evening as well. Oh man. Yeah. Wicked. Yeah, it should be pretty good. I'm almost too scared to ask, just depending on what the answer is, and I might have to lie about my age. What is going to be the age restrictions for Masters? Well, I was going to go 40 plus. Right. I think 40 plus is a reasonable line. I know, what do they do in America now for pool party? I think they've they've got a Masters, which is 40 plus, and then Legends, which is 50, 50 plus. plus. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe at some stage we'll have to split it like that, but I think, I think just Masters, anyone over 40 is fine. Or, or, but it's, or, I mean, it's or getting close, ridiculous, isn't it? Cause or is close it, to 40. You just said that, yeah. didn't you? You just did say close to 40. Yeah, or 40-ish. Over. 40-ish. Good yeah. lad. Good lad. Because <laughs> as, if, as if I'm much of a threat to the people that are going to be in the Masters comp. Like, oh no, yeah, don't let I, him don't, in. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be there. Like, say, I think, I think there is, there's quite a big vert comp in Germany that weekend. Right. So I think a lot of the vert guys are at that. But we'll see. Well, it's surprising that Beckett's coming over then, instead of being at that. Yeah, but I, I guess it's a monster. Yeah. Like commitment. Yeah. You're listening to the skateboarding show. Birmingham, famous for Black Sabbath, the Bullring, and a third foot skateboards. A third foot have been gluing, pressing, and shaping their own boards since they started in 1997. Ken and Joel are constantly developing their techniques to bring you the best skateboards possible. The third foot skateboards are available 
at all good skateboard shops or contact them direct through their website at athirdfoot.co.uk I'm Flea Minter. I'm EJ Minter. You're listening to the Skateboarding Show podcast. Click, listen, subscribe. Cool, okay. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've spoken to a few people who were like, yeah, of course we're going down to that. What are you on about? Like, um, I've got connections with the Brighton crew and they're like, yeah, we're getting a coach. We're getting like a minibus over, dude. We're like hooking yeah. it up. Do you know what I mean? Hopefully, like, hopefully because it hasn't been a sort of, because it has been quite quiet, hopefully everyone's going to be like, oh, yes, you know, like, the f- even the people that I've signed up for judging, like, have good, it's just like, oh, yeah, it'd be so good to see everyone. Yeah. It, it, it just seems like there's there's not been many lately, I don't know. Um, maybe I've just been locked in my shop down in Margate. I think maybe but, a bit of both. I think, I think it has been kind of a bit quiet, and there hasn't been, I don't think there's been one of those big sort of happenings where you think, Oh yeah, like the usual UK crew will be there. Like it will totally yeah. be the usual crew. Let's go down and like make sure we represent and say hi and hang out with everyone. It'll be cool. Yeah, it's funny as well because I remember years ago. I mean, I took it a long time ago, and it's like I was having quite a serious conversation with someone about sort of being sponsored and getting sponsored. And I said, the funniest thing is, is like something like UK Champs, you know this. You come to UK Champs, everyone's there. By the end of the weekend, you'll know everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you will have at least sort of added 20, 30 people to your friends list. Cause, and it's like people think you get... I mean, some people do get sponsored off sending tapes, but if if you actually go and meet people, not be like, oh, all right, yeah, sponsor me, just actually so people know who you are. Yeah. It's way more, you know. It's way more important. I just think it's it's nice. Like I love the fact that I can pretty much go to any city in the UK now and go. Oh yeah, I should phone up so and so, give him a shout, or I'll pop into the. You know, you can walk into the skate shop and you know the guys in there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's that's a wicked thing. That's you know that's unusual. Well, that's, that's how it. That's, again, that's, that's how unique. It... Well, not unique to skateboarding, but that is unusual to be to be able to go anywhere in the UK and know people. And it was a lot more like that back in the day as well, without wanting to harp on about that so much. Because there was, again, we're coming back to that idea of you had to work harder to be a skateboarder. So you, you looked out for each other and you were, there, there was more. Of yeah, and, and also scene. people, people did definitely, sort of, I mean, I'm generalising because a lot of people do travel now, but I mean, it was the norm that back yeah. then to go, go away, sleep on someone's floor for the weekend just so you could skate a park because there wasn't one within sort of walking distance of your house or a short drive. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, we used to drive three hours to go skate Radlands back then. Three hours there, three hours back. We'd do that maybe two, three times a week. And that was like, but that was part of the fun of it. Three hours in the car with your mates being idiots. (laughs) Total idiots. You know what I mean? That's like, that was all part of the experience. I also, the, and coming back briefly to that thing about actually turning up to events, you know, I, I still remember distinctly walking in to, um, to to the XC once and just seeing this dude pop out the bowl onto that extension to tail and then pop 180 straight back in 
and being like, who the hell is that? And Ben or you or somebody explaining, oh, he's called Alex Halford. And then and then Powell, and Ben Powell being like, and do you know what? He skates like that all the time. That ain't even like, <laughs> just like, that's just like how he skates. I, I wouldn't have known him, you know, I wouldn't have, I would, I'd, you know, like no video yeah. parts or anything. Just like, there he is right in front of me skating like that. And like, and now I know, to, you know, that, you yeah, know, that's me, a good like, introduction. All, all my, yeah, I I just find live skateboarding so much more. I love I love watching skate videos. I watch way more now than I have to. Now I've got the shop, and I, I pay probably more attention to skateboarding than I now than I have done for a long time. I'm like, but I appreciate live skateboarding so much more. I'd rather sit there and watch. You know, not for the competition element of it. I just. I think it's just better in person. Yeah. And you, you, you see, oh, yeah, that guy can literally make that trick nine times out of ten. He's yeah. not just, like, tried it for a week to get it on video. Like, that's that's how he skates, like, on a daily on basis. Daily. You know, like, yeah. if you watch, like, Chris Vile or Charlie Monroe, like, just messing around in a skate park, it's better than most people's, you know, it's better than a lot of people's video sections. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I can testify to that. I've seen that in yeah, my exactly. own eyes. Yeah. Nah. Right, is anyone loads of them like that? But yeah, it's just two I picked up from the top of my head. Yeah, right. And then, and then you can watch people like Jordan Thackeray and just. Yeah, I mean he's he's a good example, <laughs> and Alex that you mentioned earlier, Jordan and Alex, are good examples of people that are just so excited to watch yeah. skate. You're like, is he going to die? Is he <laughs> going to do something that's never been done before? You know, is he going to land on his head? You know, like, <laughs> what's going to happen next? And I, the best thing about it is they don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you can tell that when you're watching them. And, like, like that doesn't translate well to, to video, that chaos. Like, yeah. Nick Ramon's another one like that. Like, there's quite a few of them. And it's quite hard to sort of tell how fast someone's... It's the same with videos. Like, with videos, unless you've been to the places some of the time, you can't really realise how, you know, gnarly they are. Like that that hill in SF that everyone dropped, like bombs. I've never been there, but I imagine if you go there, you're like, oh my God, like yeah. that is way gnarlier than... I remember that, that the first time I went to Livy. The first time I went to Livy was on a Vans tour in like 2000 or something. And um, I got there and I was just like, oh my God, like everything I've ever seen done here is a million times gnarlier than than it looked because like sandpaper that thing yeah. it's like it's <laughs> so hard to skate and you're like man you just got so much respect for every single like photo or sequence or video clip you've ever seen you're like oh this place is gnarly <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely definitely Right, Mr. Powley, I'm sure that you've got other more important things to do, including probably getting some rest so you can continue manning your shop tomorrow and doing your stuff. Yeah, Is I that... need to get back to watching The Walking Dead, that's what I was doing. <laughs> right, okay. Is there much left to organise for this weekend in, in uh, Hastings, or is it pretty much all done now? It's just a matter of people uh, turning up. From my side of things, I mean, I need to check in with the guys from the park because unusually they're handling a lot of the stuff right. so really all, all i've had to do is book the staff and turn up on a day but i've got 
pretty good people working for me and Mark's MC and stuff. So you kind of just, that's it. The, the problem with always your problem, anyone who owns a skate shop or any skateboard business related business is the worst thing is employing skateboarders. Yeah. Cause, cause they're like, Oh, it's a DOS, you know, like no one actually thinks that working in skateboarding is work. So you have to find those rare breed of people that do treat it like that. Like, someone like Churchill is perfect because he'll I know that he'll be there when he's supposed to be there I won't have to like oh yeah Mark we need to start the comp where is he oh he's outside like drinking or something you know what yeah. I mean like I won't yeah. to, he'll be there when he's supposed to be there so if you hire people that are like that it makes the whole thing pretty painless but if you hire sort of wastemen yeah. then it becomes a complete nightmare for you. I've, I've been there and done that. I don't, I don't do it anymore. I don't blame you. There's no point, is there? No, just stressing no, yourself out. Work. So. It just, it just made it ruins your weekend, basically. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm hyped on on the Hastings thing, and I'm hopefully going to be able to make it down. I can't guarantee anything, unfortunately, nowadays. But well, I it's... think you'll be missing out if you don't make it. Yeah, I think I will be as well. I think anybody else will be as well. And um... yeah, I've got a feeling it's going to be the uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting that. I think people are hyped on it and are ready to turn up and are ready to get involved on a sort of national level, which is yeah, really nice. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna look like a bit of an idiot if I'm stood there on my own. You're, you're Todd. On Saturday. <laughs> just, just, just you and Churchill, and Churchill going and again for his third run, Mr. Nick Powley. Yeah. yeah. Falling yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think that's gonna happen somehow. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be good. Which, which is more of a reason to turn up, you know? Like there'll be more energy, there'll be more hype, the crazy stuff's gonna go down. I'm I mean, I went to some amazing comps back in the day. I missed a few of the, the big Radlands ones because I had a lot of... I, I, around that time, I was doing other stuff. I was still skating loads, but I wasn't going to events. But I went to some of the big shut-up-and-skate ones at South Sea and a lot of St. Albans comps and stuff like that. And I just always found that I'd go to one of those and, A, I'd seen loads of stuff and I'd come away and I'd learn so much for the next couple of weeks. But it would hype me on skateboarding for like two, Very three months. Much, just yeah. be like, just be like, wow, you know, like, I just want to do this. I want to do that. I remember one, we went to a comp at South Sea, one of the shut up and skate comps and we'd been away all weekend and we drove back on a Sunday evening and, uh, we got, we went straight to my mate's house and he had a mini ramp in the garden and we just like learned 10 tricks each. Cause we were just like, Oh yeah, I want to do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause we were just like, I mean, we must have been knackered, but we were just so hyped, like, just... Because, you know, you just come away, like, buzzing, don't you? And yeah. You've got so much adrenaline. Even if you're not skating, you just... There's so much energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I'm totally with you. And there's the... As I've said numerous times, like, you know, I'm not anti-edit or anti-YouTube, but you, you know... No, no it's just minutes. about getting a balance, so, Yeah, yeah. It? A two-minute edit will never do a whole day's worth of shenanigans and mucking about and amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah, especially, like you say, an events, an event edit. I mean, an event edit is, especially if it's a more corporate event, not corporate, but, you know what I mean? It depends who's editing the, the video and what their motive is. Yeah. So they never really show, even, even some of the stuff, 
some I can't think of any, but some of the comps I've been to and I've watched the edits or some of the ones I've run and I'm like, and that doesn't reflect at all what the weekend was like. That shows some skateboard tricks and yeah, it's amazing. But you know, like the guy filming's probably missed like a handful of the best stuff and he hasn't filmed all you know, you can't pick that up from an edit. You can't yeah. get the vibe from an from an edit no matter how well it's filmed really. You just, just need to be there. Just in case we're being a bit too subtle about this Come along on the 11th of March to Hastings. It yeah. will be amazing. Well, it's, it's to me, like, I mean, especially now I've had the shop, because I'm, I'm, I was sort of involved in that, I guess, like, pros or sponsored level skateboarding, I was really immersed in that. And now I deal with the shop more and I'm dealing with our average kids. And it's just like, they, how they don't know, like, most of the sponsored skaters or they've never seen what how good sponsored skateboarders are and they've never been to an event or a comp and it's like what do you do oh, i watch derrick's on, on yeah. the internet and i go to the local skate park and it's like man like you're missing out yeah I just, totally missing out yeah come and learn about the realness of the british skateboarding scene and what yeah on. i mean yeah. some of my best memories of some of my best memories of my years skateboarding are like being at events like that, the one um, what's that one called? They did a winter one at Alexandra Palace that was like notorious. I think Noick got naked and all kinds of stuff. It was pretty out of control, but I just remember those. And they were like, oh, it was so much fun back then. But I don't know. I just feel like you're missing out if you don't get if you don't go to at least one or two proper skate comps in your time. Yeah, you're definitely missing out. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Right, cool. I'm going to leave you to. I'm going to go get some dinner as well. I think it's. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, what, what are we today? Like the 27th of February. Yeah. Monday evening. Um, as per usual, one take Powley's come through with the goods. So <laughs> thank you for that, and thank you for your time, Nick. That's and, all right. uh, and we'll leave it there, mate. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Hopefully, I'll see you in Hastings. Yeah, man, for sure. Awesome. Take care. You're listening to The Skateboarding Show. Okay, guys, we've got a UK Independent Vert Series going on this year, 2017. We've got seven competitions up. We've got Adrenaline Alley, 2nd of April, Wheels of Steel. Uh, Ramp City Seaside Sessions on 28th of May in Blackpool. Uh, we've got South Sea Skate Park down in South Sea, uh, 18th of June. Uh, we've got the River Road Skate Park in St. Neitz on the 30th of July outside. Uh, Mount Hawk Skate Park's coming in at 3rd of September uh, down in Cornwall. And Beast Ramps, Manchester, uh, 24th of September, the Mancunian Meltdown. And finally, down for Blockless Combat and Creation Skate Park on the 8th of October in Birmingham. Okay, get yourself down to uk.vertseries.com for all the info. We're on Facebook, we're on at UK Vert Series on Instagram and Twitter. See you there. Dance breed, dance breed, dance breed, dance breed.